Hey guys, this is Kaylin Hart. Welcome to today's episode of In the Spray Room, the podcast of Sold Magazine, NYC's street art insiders bringing you daily online content, exclusive interviews, studio visits, and spotlights on your favorite artists getting up today. Sold Magazine is a team of street art soldiers, and our mission is to bring original content to our readers by artists and for artists. In the spray room, we'll be bringing out the lighter side of these artists, getting to know them in a less structured environment. Today, I'm here with the crew, Bite Girl and Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie. Yo! And Big Ronnie, why don't you tell us what's going on? Hello, everybody. Uh, Well, what's going on is we are deep in the throes of Women's History Month. I'm very happy to be surrounded by an all-female panel today. And uh, we last Friday we had a great show at Butcher Bar, featuring one of our uh, favorite artists and our guest on the podcast today, who we will introduce in a second. Went very well. Shout out to the Butcher Bar guys. Had a great time there. Sold some merch. Hiss killed it. Good girl. Nice job. Uh, it was fun seeing everybody, and we're looking forward to the next one. Uh, also, uh, we're playing. We're, we've set the date for our next fundraising tour for sold it's going to be april 6th in brooklyn along the jmz line so audrey why don't you give us a a touch of a preview about that well as you said along the jmz line so up along broadway so we've got big walls little walls and a lot of history very cool uh what, what are some of your favorite pieces from that line well easily my favorite pieces along that line have to be the piece by dasik fernandez um the mother and child um Huge, huge piece. Of course, Ilko virus has a great piece uh, along there, and several others, including rotating artists at the laundromat. So we never know what we're going to see when we get there. Very cool. Now uh, we also have sitting in with us today, Kaylin, as you heard on the opener. Hi, Kaylin. How are you? Hi. Happy to be here. Great. We had uh, it was a lot of fun last week when uh, Consumer was in. Did you have a good time? Ah, so much fun. It's great to get him. Behind a mic. Yeah. <laughs> Get him talking. It was a good chat. It was a lot of fun. So today, our special guest is Jenna Morello. Hello, Jenna. What is up, everyone? So Jenna was in our show last week in uh, for our, our Butcher Bar show for Women's History Month uh, that Dirk Cobain, Dirk Cobain and I put on. And she did a beautiful piece, and I loved the, the, the post that went along with it. Uh, it was a, a, a female lion. And you said something to the effect of, uh, if I wanted, if you want to learn something about women empowerment or female strength, look up how they hunt. What yeah, do you talk about that? the structure of a lion's pride. Um, well, because you informed me that it was a women's show, and I had to make a piece to correlate with that. So my parents had been in Africa for the last two weeks, just sending me constant photos of lions and other animals like that. And then, um, yeah, I just had to think of something that went along the lines of that. So that's why I ended up kind of coming across the lioness. But if you look it up, that's what they do. They're the ones that hunt. Like 90% of hunting in a, in a lion's pride is done by them. And then males and cubs eat first, and then they actually like fight over the scraps and eat last. But they're the ones that do you know, most of the work. That's pretty awesome. Now, you, you cover a lot of nature in your work and a lot of animals and, and natural things. I do. Why is that? Um, I didn't realize that I did that, I guess, until like later on when I stepped back and saw that there was a pattern. I think probably just like how I was raised. You know, I grew up in like the woods in Jersey. Animals and organic things in nature were a big part of my life growing up. So I think like when I relate back to 
pieces to make or, you know, things that like morals and messages and stuff, it's easy for me to kind of pull from that type of stuff. Now, Audrey, uh, you were there last week. Uh, I was blown away by uh, Jenna's merch and the, just the breath of the merchandise that she sells and how cool it is. Uh, who, who are some other people out there that are, that are on, the, on the merch game the right way before we ask Jenna how she does it? Oh, gosh, that's a hard question. I would say, of course, Chris, robots. He's always teamed with the best people to create some of the best merchandise. And, of course, right now you've got Buff Monster, who's once again killing it with his Kickstarter for his Melty Misfits sticker packs. Um, this is the third edition. Um, it looks like it's going to be fully funded, and once again we're going to have a new series of his Melty Misfits. What's some of the merch you like, Kaylin? Who who have you I think into? Hiss has great merch. And I, I love that you really feel her hand in everything. Um, it doesn't feel, you know, like it came out of a factory. You can tell that she, um, you know, just her designs and her, all of the, well, I mean, the fact that her pieces aren't prints, you know, they're all hand painted. I love that. And you really feel, you really feel her hand and her work, which I find to be, um, yeah, wonderful. Very endearing. So Jenna, as you get into it, do you, do you look at a product that is going to be encased in a package differently? than you would say a canvas or one of your resin hearts or something like that? Um, it's really funny that you think I... I didn't realize how much merch I had until you made me set it up on that table. That basically started because my friend Emilio Ramos, he used to make, or he, he will again, pins. So before he was my friend, that's how I knew him. He would do these like cool pin releases where he would take pictures of him against cool backgrounds and all this other stuff, and it was really, really... It was cool. It was uh, that's how I ended up meeting him. So I kind of just went off of that. He ended up teaching me like how to make pins. So it just it was just a fun different medium because you can design the design the pin and then you design the package and then it was just kind of another thing to have. And then one release turned into two, turned into three. I mean, yeah, it kind of just kinda snowballed from there. It was yeah. a huge collector base with the pins. Yeah. I think it's just because I also like small and shiny things. Honestly, <laughs> like I think that's where it just just a cool little thing to have. Now, uh, but your packaging is almost half the work of art. The yeah. product is one thing. Like, you, you really go in hard for your packaging. Because um, I make it. I make my packaging. My dad's a graphic artist, so that's how I learned Photoshop and stuff. But one of the rules of when you get pins made, you can either make the packaging yourself or you can uh, have them do it. So I figured, yeah, like you said, that's literally half of it. So I think some people make it, and it's like, you know, they just kind of have the other things. But the pin on the package and off the package are two totally different things, I realize. Like, some of them sell better if the packaging looks cooler, you know, which makes sense. So your products aren't just paint. We talk a lot about your murals on the street, but you have the skill set of a general contractor. I know, I jump you, around a lot. You handle some power tools in your work. I do. I know, I just kind of, I don't... Probably ADD, you know? I just kind of jump all over the place, again, because of how I grew up. Everything was very hands-on. Like, I built a lot of forts, and I was outside a lot, and, you know, just gathering those skills over the course of my lifetime, and then, I guess, getting bored. Not bored, just I don't like to make the same thing over and over. Or I like to acquire various things in a skill set and then combine them. You know, like, how will this look with this? And now that I have this tool, how will that, how can I incorporate that? So I just kind of build off of, you know the previous thing that I was working on. So what was one of the cooler things that you worked with lately in terms of tools or a new process or technique or something? 
Well, what I'm currently working on is casting. So I did a lot of pour on resin, and now what I'm doing is I'm working with um, liquid silicone and, you know, resin casting and stuff like that. So learning tools about that and, and specifics. I mean, it's totally different. It's, it's, it's resin, but it's, you know, it's a lot more. You learn a lot more things. Like you can, you know, it's fun. You can essentially copy anything. Cop, physically copy anything and then make it you know remake it out of things whether it be resin or cement or plaster or chalk you can shrink it you can you know grow it you can do all sorts of things so that's what I'm currently in the in the midst of learning you know all the, the tips and tricks of that so recently we had a studio visit with you and we got to see some of that casting yes um, namely your hearts could you tell us a little bit about the hearts um, the where heart. the idea comes from because it is such a part of your work now and where you see yourself taking it i know we've gotten to that point haven't we um the hearts are again they're kind of built on prior things so anatomical hearts have always been sort of a part of my work and then they've gone from sketches to paintings to my two solo shows had a lot of anatomical hearts and i think i go back to that image because it's the easiest way for me to relate i guess an emotion Right? Like I can relate it a lot better through a physical image as opposed to a writer could probably translate it much better through words. So what I'm doing now is I'm doing physical sculptures that were originally paintings or a watercolor. So just to see like a different form of how I can now you know make them and present them. I mean, and it's fun because I'm casting them in with different pigments and colors and stuff. And since I'm not pre-mixing this stuff and it's forming into the resin, I own, into the mold, I only have so much control over it as opposed to mixing colors prior what I'm doing is I'm putting a clear resin into a mold and adding different pigments and elements to it and I don't know what it's going to look like until I crack the mold open and it's dry so it's almost like a surprise yeah it's a Christmas it is a surprise it is, it is. It's yes. fun. I mean you screw up a lot of them but the ones that come out cool and it's fun because they're all one of ones. like a geode yes and they're all one of ones you know like I can't duplicate them if I tried there's something very natural about that when you talk about outdoors and nature there's something very natural about the process giving you a mystery every time yeah but I think a lot of my work is like that a lot of my work is I don't have full control over it I'm just kind of trying to reel in some sense of control you know and hopefully like it turns out cool or I totally screw it up altogether. but the heart sculptures are similar to that like it's really cool because you have seven minutes before it hardens Right, so however that pigment falls and it's liquid, so however that that pigment dances inside of that sculpture, or whatever, and then it freezes. That's it. And there's something really cool about seeing like motion, and then suddenly it stops. Right, so it's caught in like a in, in, in an eternal motion, like inside the heart. So it's I mean, it's just it's some of them are really really beautiful. It's like Terminator Two when he gets caught in the liquid nitrogen, the <laughs> and just and he just freezes. It's like that. I wasn't a movie person. We weren't allowed to watch a lot of TV growing up. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about growing up in the Morello household because Morello's. I think it's fascinating. Jenna is one of four girls. Three. Three girls. I'm one of three girls. Yep. My mom is a teacher. My father is a graphic artist. Um, I'm lucky. I come from a really, really good home. We're all very, very close. I'm stuck in a group text with them all day, every day, whether oh I like it or God, not. Oh, my God. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Really? Group text? You couldn't get them to upgrade to some kind of app no. that doesn't blow up your phone? And if I try to exit it, my sister will just 
add me back into it. Wow. <laughs> they don't care. You know how nerve-wracking it is? Look at your phone. I'm like, I have 27 text messages. <laughs> like, when this interview is over, there will be a law, and you always have that initial, like, what happened? Nothing happened. It's my mom asking my sister what she wants for lunch. Would they do a WhatsApp? <laughs> Would they let you do that? They don't care. They they're, don't just, care. they're just they're going to do what they're going to do, and I just have to. I'm the middle, so I have to fall in line regardless. You're the middle. I am the middle. I am the middle of three girls. Now, one thing You're I Jan loved, Brady. Uh, one thing I love that Jenna told me that uh, her mom's parenting style, which I really appreciate, is uh, when they made up after a fight, they had to hug it out. Literally yeah. hug it out, but yeah. no bullshit hugs. No, you can't half-ass it. Like if she thought I was half-assed, she would count one, two, three. Literally, she would count. We weren't allowed to fight. No, we're in a still. You still wouldn't be allowed to fight for long. Now I met them at the spin show. Yes, my oh, sisters. That was a lot of fun. That show. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. That yeah, was a while that ago. was fun. The ping pong place. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. cool show. Yeah. Now let's talk about dogs. Yeah. I want to talk about dogs because you very much like me. I think like animals more than people. Yes. And your dog specifically, Oliver. That's my man. He's got a beautiful beard and a mohawk. He does. He is just the most delicious, wonderful little munchkin in the world in the morning when he is yawning and stretching. (laughs) And how did you describe it? Is it a Disney movie every morning? It's like a Disney song. It's very difficult to have a bad day with Oliver around because he just wakes up just like pure joy. And we've had a lot of dogs in my family, Um, but he is by far the happiest one that I think. We've ever had. And especially from his situation. I mean, he came from a situation where he was like on death's door, complete mange. He looked like he was made out of stone because he was totally swollen. And by the luck of a whole bunch of people, he somehow ended up in a truck from a truck yard in Texas to my apartment now. You know, he's living life. And you're a, you're a big believer in rescues. Yes. Who do you recommend for the listeners? I mean, anywhere, you know. I recommend anywhere that you're giving a dog a home that's not... You know, that's not manufactured or made for something. Because as great and beautiful as all those dogs are, you know, purebred and designer dogs and all that other stuff, I always kind of look at it as you're giving a dog a home. You're taking a home away from a dog that, like, really, really needs it. And because I, like, I worked in a lot of shelters growing up and stuff, so I probably have a closer relationship to it because I've seen it. Like, I've seen what it looks like when you walk into a shelter and you just kind of want to take every dog out. And just by, you know, the cards that they were dealt, that's where they are. Now, how often do you put your 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 pets or the the animals you love into your work? Um, not usually that. I mean, not that often. I did a mural. Um, I did a mural like a family portrait of all the dogs in my family, so that was fun. There's a painting of my bulldog that hangs. Like, there's a, a you know a lot of cute little things here and there. Like, I made a bulldog bobblehead, and one day I'm sure I'll do some luscious portrait of Oliver and his beard. You know, but other stuff. Gener- yeah, I got to get that hair down, that mohawk, his rat tail, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they show up here and there. But you know, I hang out with them twenty four seven. So now the the mural she's talking about with all her family dogs is in Bay Ridge. It's yes. on the side of a vet's yes clinic, and we'll we'll that'll that's a nice segue into how you became the uh, Duchess oh, of Sunset Park. Because there is no other artist with the ups and the walls in Sunset Park like you have. And it's not because you tripped over it. How did it happen? Yeah, but I think you're saying that because it's by default. Because it's just me. It's easy to win in a race if I'm by myself in it. I mean, there's maybe a couple others. But because of the location of Sunset Park, that's kind of how I ended up down here. Especially in adjacent to where we live. You know, it's an easier 
the walls are nice. They have huge open walls. There's not a lot of people, um, as opposed to me driving to Bushwick or something. That puts another two and a half, three hours on my commute. And because I have dogs and all that, it's much easier for me to go, you know, paint over here. Just, you know, I paint because I like to paint, like, mainly. I just paint because, like, that's kind of mentally how I go to the gym. I'm lucky enough that I get paid for it now and have commissions and stuff, but, like, you know, if I had my way, it would just be me, you know, my friend Lonnie who works the camera. I'm just hanging out in the day and, and painting. Now, uh, I'm just spitballing. I'd say you've got 10 to 15 real walls in and around Sunset. Uh, the lion, the wing, the snake. I know you hate the snake. Let's talk about the oh, snake. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love this piece. It's down First Avenue. It's like 39th it's Street but over by Costco or wherever. It's and awful. It is a three-dimensional. It goes around the side of a corner. Like the snake, you can feel its teeth. I like it. I hate you even though it exists. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> awful. Like sometimes you just paint things and you hate them. And that's one of those things. Like I painted it. I think the second I finished it, I hated it. I haven't been down there to go paint over it. But now that you're drawing so much attention to it, it will be gone by the time summer comes. So we can and talk about something else. Hurry, the... folks. If you want to see it, get out. Seriously. Get out. Like, I'm going to leave here and All just snaps. go buff it. <laughs> and that's the beauty of street art. It's the, it's the impermanence of it. It's, it's you got to catch it while it's here. Well, another cool thing about Sunset Park is once you kind of paint the walls, then they kind of become my own so if I choose to go rotate or turn it over or paint something better I mean they've thus far allowed me to could you curate and bring some other people in and do like a yeah big sunset park festival and put us on the map um I mean I could yes We're not in business development for Jenna Morello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me kill the snake first. That's a lot go. of work. We get a festival when the snake's gone. Audrey, what are some of your favorite pieces out there? Or let's let's start with when was the first time you saw Jenna on the street? Uh, the first time would have been um, in Bushwick on Lawton Street for JMZ Walls. It's not there anymore. It was a gate, and it was one of her hearts, and it's still one of my favorite photographs I've ever taken of any artist in process, mainly because of your hair. I admit, against your, you, you yeah. wear black often. Yes. So the black and the contrast of your dreads against the red, extreme it is, it is scarlet red that you were using for the heart, just it popped like crazy. It is. Well, I'm glad you at least got a good picture out of that day because it was so cold. That oh, yeah. I was rocked and I was like, I just need to go home. I just need to put my paintbrush down and go home. It that street's so a wind cold. tunnel. It's always cold. It was freezing. It, it was like it's seven always a wind degrees. Tunnel. Like my hands were slowing down because it was so cold. They were like, "Oh, we buffed that mural." I was like, "Good." Like it was, it was too cold to produce <laughs> anything worthwhile. So I'm glad you at least got a good picture out of it. I remember the first time I saw your work. I had just moved to New York, um, and it was some crazy blizzard. I don't remember the name of it. They all have these crazy names, but it was crazy out. It was a crazy whiteout. And no one would go play with me in the snow because I wanted to go on a street art tour. No one would go with me. So I went with myself. What a time. And I remember I had my big Sorrells on and I'm walking and I can barely see because my eyes are crying. And I look up and I see your red roses with the white snow under. It was like, I think, off of Knickerbocker. And it was so beautiful. That one moment I thought of Sleeping Beauty or, or no, no, Snow White. Snow White? Snow White. Right? That's a good roses, one. Yeah. With the roses, I the like red that, roses. Yeah. That was the reference that came into my mind. And it was one of those beautiful moments of like... Jesus, I love street art, and, and I don't care that it's snowing and my feet are numb. Like, this is what it's about, these little tiny these moments, and I'll never forget those red roses. Yeah, that's a good one. Whites. I actually like that mirror. That's a good one. That's off of um, 
who Rocco hit me up for that. I forget. Yeah, the, it's uh, uh, Knickerbocker and um, us. Knickerbocker Linden? and Myrtle. Okay, Nick, is it? Is yeah. it? Well, Knickerbocker I don't know. You know and than me. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's off the Knickerbocker stock, Got off you. of the M train when it ever starts running again. Got you. And Ronnie, do you have a memory of your favorite Jenna piece or the first time you experienced yeah. her? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's bittersweet. It was a good <laughs> shot, but we didn't know where Jenna's uh, lion mural was, and we walked past it or around it. Uh, couldn't find it. So that was like, who? Jenna? Yeah, okay, great. We're going to shoot it, and here we go, and we couldn't find it. But when we finally found it, I loved it. The colors... Uh, the, the the red and the black on the backdrop. It's it's still there. It's, it's yeah. Still there's up. A, a biker gang protects that mural, which G- is really goddamn funny. right. It's yeah. dope. There's a couple of them because I guess like there's biker gangs that I didn't know that was a thing. They run along that entire strip. So there's one in a biker gang bar next to the rose mural. And then as I was painting that mural, they informed me that not to worry about anybody touching it because if they did, there would <laughs> now, be consequences. Kaylin, I'll ask, I'll answer a question you didn't ask. Which is, what is my favorite Jenna Morello mural? And it's the one right across from Sorry the lion. All right. <laughs> the wing. No, I wasn't going to say the snake. No, right. no, truth now. I'm not breaking chops. Uh, watching you do the process for that wing. That's a good one, Was too. dope. That's a good one. Talk about that. Why it was different. Um, a lot of the stuff I do is experimental. And since, you know, a lot of it, I don't know what I'm doing until I start to do it. So I'll just, you know, I like to play with new toys and try new things. That was one of those murals. If I had the chance to, I probably couldn't recreate what I did again. Because I don't remember what I did the first time. You know, it was like I just brought house paint, spray paint, and then I bought the best thing ever. Like one of those $2 little garden fertilizers that you pump and spray. And I, I just kind of went back and forth and mixed and matched with that. So that's why, like, the paint runs, but it looks kind of airy and wispy because it's a combination of, like, aerosol and, and run, you know, paint. And, and the wall, too. Like, it all depends on the wall texture. And 20% of the reason that mural looks cool is because of the wall that it's on, that red brick, and it's, you know, breaking apart. And it's, yeah, no, that one's a good one. Now, one of the things I learned walking around with Audrey on uh, our sold fundraiser tour last month was about an artist's preference of wall, whether it's smooth, whether they can work with the surface. Working on brick is different than working on a gate, obviously. But if you're going to spray paint, what are you looking for? Are you looking – because that was a very textured piece. Yes. Overall, I don't think that would have worked on a flat surface, would it? Probably not. So what are you looking for when you, when, when you come up to a wall? What, what, what's best case scenario for you to arrive at? I can tell you what I'm not looking for. Great. Corrugated metal. Oh yes, gates. Hate them. Um, some people can make them look phenomenal. I'm not that good, so I tend to stay away from them at all costs. Um, I'm never. That's the thing. I'm never really looking for something. I kind of just come across something. The same way with a lot of my indoor pieces. Like when I walk the dogs and it's recycling night, and I come across a really cool frame or an old, you know, table or an old something that I can take apart and repurpose and make a one of one something out of. It's just kind of the same thing. I don't. I can't solve the problem until it's presented to me, right? So that wall, the rose wall, took paint very differently than the, uh, than the wing wall. And the, the lion right across from the wing took paint very differently than that. As long as there's paint on it, it's not wood and totally getting absorbed or complete raw, um, raw cement. But I'm not, I'm not you know, picky like that. If the wall's cool, I like, you know, I like things that are 
kind of breaking down. I don't like super brand new things, but I'm pretty easy and I'll work around with whatever. But I don't like obviously raw wood and I hate corrugated metal. I think you're you're not alone in that. No, I know. But some people do such a great job. And when people ask Very me for corrugated cute. metal, I don't want them to think I'm being like some asshole and being like, no, I'm, it's just you can get someone to do it way better than I can. There are very few people that can do a good job. Yeah. Seriously. Who, Audrey? Um, I would think... It's like RWK does them very good. Yeah, Chris handles them great. Um, the guy from Barcelona. Oh, gosh. I'm sticking on his name. He had the gate that was on 2nd Second Street. That's all right. We'll, we'll come yeah, back to pass it. pass on that one. Yeah. Is it Axe Colors? That's it. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, Axe Colors. He does magic with gates, but he's one of the few around the world that can do anything with them, in my opinion. I've seen bad gates. Now, let's stay on, let's stay on metal. Uh, Jenna works with metal as well. Uh, the, the beautiful cast resin hearts that she's working on right now. Uh, tell us about the base and the stand on those. Like, you're, you're super particular about what you use and how. Well, the only metal in those, the base of those, is the rod that holds the hearts up because they stay on a stand, but I had to make the stand. So I tried a couple different ways of making that stand. So initially it was wood, and then my father shot that down fast because it was molding from Home Depot. Yeah, and he's like, it looks like molding from Home Depot. And then that way, I'm like, you would know that, but then so that went out the window. So then I ended up casting a different base, and now I can remake them it's just a sleeker, better-looking base. But the metal part of it is so the base is a casted resin, and then there's a rod and a nut and a bolt that kind of... So I make the base as well as the heart out of the same things, but a different finish. It's crazy that uh, you got to spend more time or some time on holding the piece up. It's yes. Not like, it's not like the back of a canvas when you know, no. you're, you're building sculptures. And to troubleshoot, that was one of the more difficult things. Like I'm sure eventually I'll find a situation where I get them pre-made because the bitch about it is is getting them to totally stand up straight and shipping them like they're perfect when they leave my you know my studio but say i mail them out to someone and sometimes people aren't the brightest and they don't know it's leaning to the side so i got to do is tighten the bolt but you can't give people steps like that sometimes so i have to that's still being troubleshooted but um you know in the meantime i still work on who heads up your customer service department who has uh, me? Huh? <laughs> it's smart though. It goes back to what we were first talking about with the packaging, with the stickers, or with the pins. It's the same idea, you know. Cause I'll always make it right though. Like if there is something screwed up, like I'm with you, and you spent money on something, no, I'll always make it right. And if I have to resend another one out, like what am I going to? You know, if something gets lost or whatever, you know, what am I going to argue with you? So I do. I always make it right. I might not be the best with giving you tracking numbers off the bat unless you <laughs> ask, but I will make it right. <laughs> Yeah, it's super important, the packaging, because that's, it's like you can spend so much time and energy on this piece and put so much love into it, but if it doesn't stand up properly, it's almost like all of that time and energy can go out the window, so I love that you put that energy towards these final touches that are so important. Well, again, my father is a graphic artist, so I think him being what he is, it's a different type of art, our style of art runs parallel, but I grew up with you know, being surrounded by exacto knives and cutting boards and, and, and things that were matted. He's very meticulous in doing that and completing things. So a perfect example of something my dad would do is if I made, you know, a, a report or a project or something, then he would spiral bound it and put like a cover on it, right? So the presentation of it was great as well as what whatever was inside. So that I learned from him, like, yes, presentation is 
a huge part of it because yeah you could give that pin or I could give that pin with a piece of cardboard that makes it look like an actual piece of art where you could stand you know what I mean? even if you didn't take the pin off of the cardboard it stands as its own piece of art mm-hmm. by itself so that has translated into my work that even though I throw a lot of paint and you know there's a lot of things that's running and I kind of hone in like this controlled chaos I do try to always have some sort of finished product you know finished completion of it so it looks you know the presentation of it looks you know as as good as it can now back to the relationships with the murals what's the breakdown in your uh, you don't have to give numbers obviously but like percentage wise would you say you're selling more merch selling more pieces, selling more uh, works that you're created without being asked, like non-commissions? Or are you more heavier on the, the, the paid gig commission type of work? I'm lucky enough that I get commissioned for murals, and what happens is nine times out of ten I am allowed to paint what I want, basically. As long as I, you know play nice and by the rules and it's something along the lines of however my brain would process what they would want you know like there's a reason the dogs are on the vet there's a reason there's tulips on you know on the greek place gustaros because that you know tulips there's a a field in in greece that blooms like millions of tulips per you know so there's always a reason for why it's there but i again i'm lucky enough that they trust me that i will give them something that will look you know look good in accordance to what they want especially if they're paying me but the pieces sell um you know i don't push that's the thing i don't really push the merchandise like that like i'll say all right there's a pin release and then if it's i'm not out to like choke people with like buy this buy this buy this buy this like i feel like if people want to buy it yeah like if they want your organ you're more organized on the merchandise and uh you know shipping front than 99.5 percent of the artists out there I really, that's so funny. I just really have to credit my friend Emilio for that. He's a, he's phenomenal with that. He gives all the tracking numbers right off the bat. Like, he <laughs> does all of the stuff. Like, he's great with customer service. And, like, the first pin I ever made, he had no clue who I was. And he walked me through it. It was, like, nice enough. You know, you ask some of these people out here, you ask them dumb things like what their real name is. And they won't give it to you. And you're like, all right, I got it. You know, you ask some other things. Like, everybody wants to hold their card so close to their chest. And it's like, if you're really going to play that game, I could just Google it. Right. So it's nice because I like to learn things about the process of things. When you come across someone who's not out for something, you know, where they're not, oh, you give me this, but I'll give you this. Like, he generally just helped me flat out. And so he taught me that. And then, you know, that's, that's where that came from. So that the blueprint of learning that comes from him. All right, let's go around the horn, starting with Audrey. What's the best street art merch or artist's merch that you've seen recently? Oh, gosh. Uh, without mentioning our guest. No, we asked for artists earlier. I'm artists. talking, I'm talk, we asked who, which artists do it right. I'm just talking, what's the one right, thing? Right, the piece of merchandise product, without yeah. mentioning a product by our guest, I would have to say it's Boonicorn. I love the plushie that J Corp. Corp is doing. I think it's adorable. I think that she's getting the story down now. She's creating something really wonderful with the character, and she's got a fun product. Is it J Corp? J Corp, like corporation, because she was all into the corporation. So she, she's J Corp, art corporation. But now she'll also goes by Justine, and it's just J Corp. Very cool, Kaylin. 
I think on overall cleanest, I do have to give it to Buff. I mean, from the bags down to well, one product. A uh, one Gotta product. Pick your favorite. Yep. Um, I I would say his um one of his melties, the white ones from his show last year, because um, they're super raw. I got one that wasn't painted. Cool. Um, and I I, I adore it because every single one was a little bit different because the way they were cast, like the bubbles and. Um, so yeah, that's my Jenna. That's my fave. Daniel Arsham. What's the product? Um, the things that he casts, like he'll do these future relics, and he will cast something, kind of disassemble it, chip away at it, recast it. So then he, you know, he'll put a different spin on like regular, regular items, like you know, a keyboard or a, you know, he he ended up for, he did a, an Usher video and he had these guns, and he'll do them in like. You know, you can cast things in various in various materials. So he'll do crushed quartz, you know, where he will have like some sort of like lava stone or something. So they're made out of, you know, things that are thousands of year old, you know, volca- volcano ash made into like a synthesizer. Wow. So it like kind of combines all these crazy things, you know. Very cool. For me, it's um, Mears' light bulbs. Yeah. I think those are so cool, and it's one of the real street-to-product to translations that reads immediately, and you get it. It just translates very, very well. Yeah. Now, you, what you just said about your, your artist on the merch side, uh, deconstructing, you said that there was a little bit of that process in your hearts. You didn't just cast a heart that you bought. You changed it. Yes. How? Um, I mean, mainly for probably... Uh, copyright infringement and I don't want them to all be the same what I did was that heart I came I went to my doctor because I was looking for they have all those anatomical heart models but there's like a thousand of them and I wanted it to look a certain way and I wanted it to look a certain way on the stand and I and they're not cheap you know what I mean they could be upwards of 800 to a couple grand for and you're like what the hell like for a plastic heart so I ended up having to go to I looked at all these different ones I bought one like and then I ended up going to the doctor and of course down a block he had like the perfect one so i had to be all weird and be like oh let me borrow that he's like well i'm like i'll give it back it'll be all right he's like all right so he just gave it to me so then i went home and i casted it and then from that i sanded it down and i tweaked it so it's it's removed enough from what it was initially and then there's a hole in the back so it could be on the stand so i mean it's still a heart but all like you said about the person you were just talking about all the pieces aren't the same and because like it's an organic shape i can when it comes out of that mold it's not perfect so I have to sand certain parts down, you know, and make certain parts a little bit different. So, I mean, it's nice because no two pieces are identical, but that's where that the uh, the base of that heart came from. Now, you did 2D hearts for a while before the 3D, before yeah. the sculptures. Yeah. One of my favorite 2D hearts that you did was the one with the arrows coming out of it. Was that a collab with someone? Teacher? I don't know. It was it was like bronze arrows going. Oh into no it. no! That was a collab with um, Arthur Bros and a guy, a jeweler in New Orleans, Ricky DeLeo. Um, yeah, that, that was another cool thing. Collabs are really cool because your brain has to fire in a different way. Like when you come across right someone, especially someone that does such different work than you. So that was I really didn't do much on that collab. I cut out that wood. I cut the wood thing out and then I sent it off to Arthur Bros and he. Uh, painted it and then I got it back and then I had the idea for those arrows but I wasn't sure how they would look so then I tried to explain them to the jeweler and then he sent them to me and then I basically uh, you know attached them and it came out good I'm lucky enough that that one came out the way I saw it in my head um but yeah those were 
does that count as 2D? I mean, it's still kind of 3D, right? Well, your piece of it, the collaboration made it 3D. Yes. Which was cool as hell. Yeah. No, those are cool. That was a cool little series, those like cut-out resin ones. All right, now I'm going to go under the hood and ask Jenna why she has uh, so many pieces close to her heart that she doesn't really want to sell. Um, what, collabs? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they're collabs. Because, <laughs> like, you know, you meet before I became able to do this for a living. Like, I knew these people through Instagram and through online. So to turn around and have a collab, you know, with Jay Shell is like, I, you know, I didn't know who, I didn't know Jay Shells personally. I didn't know his family personally. I just knew, you know, he did the rap quotes and that's a big deal. So to have that piece, no, I'm not in any, yeah, obviously if someone came along with a lot of money to split, then that's fine. But I'm not in a rush to sell those pieces because I don't know if I'm going to get those, you know, again. Plus, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, it's a personal accomplishment for me that like, you know, even, and they're all different. Dirk Cobain's piece. Like, you know, it's, it's, you get to see your work mixed with somebody else and kind of like what turns out and the end product. And it's, no, it's fun. It's, collabs are a lot of fun because, like I said, you got you to gotta work in a different way that you're not used to. And then you see kind of what comes out. And it could be totally screwed up or sometimes it could be, you know, it could be really, really cool. Who was your favorite collab to work with so far? Um, who was my favorite collab to work with? I like the J one. Um, me and TMO did a good one. Me and Emilio have a good one. My friend Damiano, uh, made a, a beautiful, large heart cut out of the heart print. So that, yeah, that was one of the, one of the better ones. Yeah. There's a lot of them. The one you were talking about with the two arrows in it. Mm. Yeah. That's a really good one. I forgot about the dirt one. The teacher one. The teacher one's beautiful. That one's at my mom's and it's that, it's the iconic, uh, I guess his his son was in it, I believe, before. You know, it was and it's a, the um, it was a money stencil. So he sent me that stencil, and then I painted. Except, the, I think his son was taken out of it, and then I put a heart in it. So that one hangs at my mother's house, like that mm. one. I never even offered it to, because I don't know if I'm ever going to do a teacher collab again. That's very cool. So like when there's cool pieces like that, what I end up doing is like I give them to my family because I sure. know like they'll hang them. Like there's Hanksy prints that he gave me, like before you know I I, I was friends with him. So there's like a little Wayne print that hangs in my in my house. Uh, the little Wayne deer that hangs in my parents' house. Hello to R two D Tupac. I think is the yeah. other one. Yeah, and they're yeah. great. They're in my parents' front room. It's amazing. All right, so let's talk about let's talk let's go deeper into collabs. Who do you want to work with? Um, dream collabs. Dream collabs. Oh, I don't know. I got to come back on that one. All right, I'm not sure. Who All right, we'll keep it moving. Audrey, who should who should she consider? Uh, oh gosh, there's so many. Who would she work? Who would she work well with? Zimmer, Zimmer, I would do a good. Oh yeah, that'd be a cool the one. Colors, you're, you're very complimentary on line and color with Zimmer. Zimmer, I think. Yeah. I think me and Zimmer's brain work similar, so I think we would end up getting a pretty cool collab. I love this style. I'd like yeah. to see you work with BK more, not just yes. paint side by side, but actually collaborate and do something together, because I think that would be kind yes. of wonderful. Yes, she's another one. Bring the whole drips and looseness of yours in with her structure. Yes. Yeah, I could agree with that one. She's pretty nuts, though. I like really got to yeah. practice to go hang out with her. She she's came up very hard. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. Someone tagged Very that bear hard. piece boy I passed the other day. Talk about pissed oh, off. The bear piece got bears. bombed. Yeah, yeah, it got bombed pretty badly. Yep. Uh, that but is he's, the game. you know, uh, she has that wall, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what she chooses to put there next down the road. Yeah. 
I love her. She doesn't say two things when all of a sudden she's like, and here's this giant wall in another country. And you're like, oh, that's where you've been. Yeah. That's where you've been up yeah. to. Literally painting gigantic things in foreign lands. Good for you. Yeesh. Yeah, she's sick. Yeah. Big, big projects. Yeah. She helped me with the dog mural. She helped me with, she was nice enough. She came and I was like, uh, I don't want to screw this up. Like, I need you. Because I can, you know, I need, I don't paint lifelike but i needed the essence of what my dogs looked like so her and my friend deanna who's also phenomenal and uh undercredited for as amazing as she is um they both actually helped me with the beginning part of it and deanna i just like she does she oil paints like lifelike oil paints and i just kind of gave her a spray can and she never spray painted before and Mm. she did like amazing amazing wow yeah she just like translated to me and did amazing like the highlights i i mean they were better than the highlights that i do and i was like that's insane yeah yeah. Give her out. Give her a spray can. No, no, she's yeah. nuts. Yeah. All right, listeners. Deanna Maffeo. <clears throat> you have all been waiting for it. We finally get to talk about hair. What about it? What about it? Blonde dreads. That's what about it. I know. Um, my hair is just really curly. So back when I had hair, it would take like half a bottle of conditioner to get the knots out anyway. In pain. Yeah, so I just kind of sorted it out. It was embra- used to be in braids a lot. You know, I'm not that person that's, like, getting up every day and, like, if it was humid, your hair's all out of whack. Like, I'm just not that curly-haired person. So I just kind of put dreads in, and I'm lucky enough that they're, like, clean and they don't look ratty, and now they just grow in like this. But, but they've become so iconic. Do you almost feel now like they're... It's a, that it's you're a, afraid to change it or no it's like a it's a double-edged sword because i like my hair but it is they are like you said it is very noticeable oh so yeah if i'm trying to fly under the radar and i want to paint somewhere in no. bushwick like it's not not happening <laughs> um you're instantly recognizable yeah so yeah i mean yeah there's not i mean i could change it. i did i took them out and then i hated it so i put it back in i'm like oh i forgot why i had them Caitlin, I didn't did like you hair. ever uh dread I did not, although my brother had one dreadlock. He was balding on top. He started balding at age 16, and then he had one. We called it his dinosaur tail down his back. But see, if I had her hair, my hair wouldn't be in dreads. Like, my hair doesn't look like that when it's out of here. It's it's really curly. Super curly. Yeah. Now, when we had a chat one time, we talked about uh, your reality show. You were on Street Art Throwdown. (laughs) And, and I asked you just joking, I said, do you think you would have been on the show without the dread? And you're like, no. 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 100%. Yeah, that was a whole other interesting thing. No, because I, I applied. I didn't know it was a show. Because now, I mean, now that you guys personally know me a little more, I know I don't seem like the person that's like applying for reality TV. Not even. At all. Not so it's even. really funny when I have to explain to people, like, I was on a reality show. They're like, well, so I don't even talk about it. And not because I'm embarrassed of it or all. Like, it was an awesome experience. It just, it was one of those things that just went from like zero to 100 super fast. And then it was over. And now I'm here. Like, I applied. It said it was a street art competition for like $100,000. And it was like the middle of the night. And I sent in my email. And by the morning, they were like, you have to download Skype and FaceTime us. And then they were like, we want to fly you out to California. But I was going on vacation with my family. So we were in the the Virgin Islands, and they wanted me to cut the trip short. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going. I'm not cutting my family trip short to go to the Virgin Islands because I didn't know how serious it was. Like, how serious could it be if you guys just – I talked – I sent it in last night, and you guys hit me up this morning. Um, And it was was posted by – 
Justin Bua, who when I was a kid was my favorite artist because I was an acrylic painter. I wasn't a spray painter. I would do stuff outside, but like my main medium was acrylic paints. So when I was supposed to fly out, say they wanted me to fly out five days prior, I didn't. I flew out maybe three days after when they wanted me to. So when I got there, it was just me by myself in a hotel room. I saw nobody. So they, and then I had to go. They were like, here's two cans. Like, write your name. I did. They had me run around the block. I did. There was like a man mowing his lawn. I saw one other person. Then I go in a room. I'm interviewed by Justin Boo and a couple producers. And that was it. I left. I was there two days. Okay. I get home. They're like, all right, we want you to be on it. All right. I still don't realize how big of a deal it is. And then I get out there and I'm like, holy shit. Full production? Full production. And I have to learn how to spray paint really quickly on national television. Like, and then the hosts and everybody, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I kept getting further and further and further. And I was like, what is going on? And then like, I'm in the finale and they bring my fan. It was just nuts. It got very big. And people are like, oh, like this goes against graffiti. But I'm not a graffiti writer. If they would have marketed the show as what it was, as like art, outside art, right. because it wasn't a graffiti it show. It wasn't about graffiti. No, no, because the final three people, only one of them did graffiti. You know, other people, me and Annie Priest were mainly acrylic painters. So if they would have marketed it as to what it was and not did all like the oxygen, like hip, cool colors, what it was was just a bunch of friends with a bunch of free paint you know painting for a summer no it was really cool and then i met ron english and lady pink and all these other people and it was like what the hell did i just do but no nothing but positive stuff came out of that show what did you learn like a key takeaway that you uh exercise in your life today transparency i learned about the beauty of transparent spray paint Right? Spray paint's expensive. And on that show, they would give you every challenge. You had a pile. Mm-hmm. You had a really, really Ugh. big p- pile. Oh, you have no idea the amount of paint that in the end they gave away. And I couldn't because I lived over here. They gave away vans of it. Mm. And I learned about, you know, over here, like you got to, spray paint's not cheap. So you're, you know, trying to be, save your stuff and not waste it. But there, like, if you, you lost your black can, you just picked up another one and just did whatever you had to do. So I had the, it, I got to learn a lot of things very fast, you know, because I was just given an insane amount of supplies, you know. Are you still in contact with people from the show? Yeah, yeah. Cameron is one of my good friends. Annie Priest is one of my great friends. Lauren Wagner was a host on the show. Oddly enough, out there in California, then I find out she lived on my block when I came back home, and I'm like, that was That's weird. It was so weird. Like, literally, within walking distance. That's bizarre. You know, and now I talk to her on a daily basis. So, no, nothing but good stuff came out of that. Hmm. I know people are like, oh, it takes away street cred. What? I didn't have street cred before. Yeah. So yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. Takes I, away I think you're cred. absolutely yeah. right. They just market it wrong. Because they just even did. the judges they graffiti. had were top level. I mean, you can't get people like Ron English and Lady Pink. Mm-mm. They had OG Slick. They had, I mean, it just yeah. kept going. And every episode would get bigger and bigger. And I was like, Whoa. But they also had some bizarre challenges, like the D.A.R.E. challenge. Yeah, it was which, great. Even though it was anti-bullying, still kind of cracks me up because of D.A.R.E. in general. I mean, a lot of things obviously weren't thought out, but you could see that. I mean, even initially, they wanted it to be like a challenge where everybody would go head to head. And I don't think they took into account that for artists, we're our biggest competition. So I could be in a race with seven other people, but it doesn't matter because in my head, like I am going to be hardest on myself. 
I'm also not out to cut anybody's throat. Well, and art is so subjective. How do you judge it for a winner anyway? Yes. In some way. Yes, but they would want you to go like head to head and do things like, you know, try to undercut someone, whatever, but I'm not stupid. Like if I try to undercut you and you're here tomorrow, it's going to be pretty awkward for the rest of the <laughs> challenge. So like, or they would do things like the stencil challenge. We're going to be outside. You're giving me a blade and it's windy out. Like you're not thinking this out, but... You know, for, again, for what it was, it was a lot. For Not even what was aired. For the experience itself was a ton of fun. It really was. I'm, I'm never going to get that. Free food, free paint. So you'd do it again? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if, if it was what it was, would I go on a reality show now? No, probably. I mean, but it all depends. It depends. You know, they presented it to me that this. It's Project Runway for art. Because I said I'm not doing six strangers pick to live in a house, da da da. Like I need to decompress. I'm not sleeping in a, you know, we're not big brothering this. Like that's not gonna go well. <laughs> so I said, but and they said, no, you don't. You come in the day, like you do your challenge and you leave, and you make your own work. So it was, you know, no, it was a, it was a definitely a good experience. Now there was a uh, staying on the topic a little bit. Uh, of hair, of course, because I'm bringing it back home. There was a weird thing that I wanted to ask you about that I read in the news literally today. Uh, our our <laughs> administration, and we're not getting political, Audrey. Audrey, we're not getting political. But we said it was okay to discriminate against people with dreadlocks in job interviews. That's an actual law now. I mean, I'm probably not applying for those jobs. Correct, and good for you, but isn't that nuts? I mean, again, you, like you said, why was I on the show? I was on the show because I was the white girl from Brooklyn with dreads, 100%. I don't think they expected me to actually be able to paint, but physically, I looked the part. Everybody else was, you know, they had California, they had, you know, they had, they had the pastor, they had, you know, they had Grimm who was black and from Texas. They had all these different types of people, so I just kind of fit. It was like the real world when you picked the real world you house. I undercast. Yes, You're I understood why they picked me. Mm -hmm. But again, I mean, I'm sure if I was applying, mm -hmm. let's call a spade a spade. If I was applying for some very proper office job, you know, me as a, with the same skill set as opposed to somebody else who's super clean cut, and we had this, I'm probably sure the other person would get it. But I know you. You're methodical. You're on. You've never been late to anything that we've asked you to. No, I don't get shit of. or anything. I'm lucky an enough animal. that like people don't come at me. I don't get shit. But again, if we're talking like, I'm saying like, no, I've never gotten for my hair. But if we're talking about other jobs and it was, I was in a different mm -hmm. vein of work than maybe. And within within the art world, it's a total, yeah. Nobody cares. It's a total bonus. So it's it's yeah. a positive because I feel like in this day and age, especially with social media, we're all creating an identity it's it's everything it's what we wear it's, it's right it's it's branding we're all branding ourselves and i think it's it's a super super positive in an artistic community where you know we want to create unique work and we also want to be unique humans you know so it's like yeah. an organically Mine was more for function rather than fashion. Like, it really was. Like, my hair is just super curly. But what has happened now is, yes, it's become, you know, a part of me, which is We'd is still like you is. if you shaved. Thank you. <laughs> Might happen one day. And with that, we are going to wrap it up with Jenna. Jenna, please plug yourself. Uh, throw out the website where people can find your work. Absolutely take a look at uh, Jenna's uh, wares. Please tell um, us. Just my name, JennaMorello.com. Instagram is at JennaMorello. I'm on Instagram probably more than I update my website, but my web store has, you know, some of the heart sculptures, a lot of work, a bunch of other stuff. Any preview, uh, something coming up, something fun you're working on? 
No, right? I mean, now that it's warmer, I'll start doing, I'll be back to murals. But no, I'm just trying to, my inside work right now is still commissions. And now I'm just working on these sculptures to try to, you know, better them, tweak them. So in, in December, I can bring them down to the fairs and Art Basel and just go from there. All right, guys. Thank you very much, Jenna. It was a great chat with you. We really appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Audrey, you were a wealth of knowledge, as always. <laughs> and Kaylin, thank you very much. Uh, look forward to you coming back. And uh, JPO, if you're listening, uh, you can sit out anytime you like. Kaylin did a great job. I think we might keep her. Uh, thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Sold out. <laughs>